0: Good morning, how are you today? Oh, well, that sounded like overwhelmingly blessed. I don't know about you. Can you, me real quick, um, I'd like you to meet my wife, Drup, Goodman. Um, we've, we've been literally dating for 36 years. She's still my girlfriend. She's my wife, the mother of our two wonderful kids. We're still madly in love. And um, Drept, can you greet him?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say good morning. Thank you for having us. You know, we, we talk about what had, has happened in this church and, and how beautiful it is to see how you are continuing. You will move on. There's, this is called the transition. And, you know, when, the, the, when Jesus passed away, the disciples were not ready for that. They did not expect him to pass away. He, he, they thought he was going to build a kingdom there. But the the key thing that the disciples did and the people that were following Christ was they went into the upper room. And in the upper room was unity built. And that's key for you you and this body is to build unity, to be in one accord because the leader that built this church and started this church is now passed on. But there's new leadership and now we need to come underneath that leadership and undergird it agree with it build with it amen Amen. don't be rebellious do not go against your own body amen Amen. listen if there is a bottle of poison in front of you and you know it's poison you will not drink it and that's what discord strife is to your own body I'm talking about the body of Christ. So unity is key. Amen. Don't be like the Israelites. They had a powerful transition with Moses. Powerful transition. God, you know, opened the 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 Red Sea for them. They walked on dry land. Hallelujah. We're away from slavery. We are free now. But then what did they begin to do? They began to murmur they begin to look back they begin to whine about the food whine about this and whine about that keep that as your example don't do that why because you want to go into the promised land hey my god this church is called what the promise amen so you want to obtain that promise and you want to be a body that is built and stays in unity because that's where the power is Amen. So nurture your own body. Eat good for your own body. Don't gossip. Don't murmur. Don't strive. Agree. Amen. God bless you all.
0: <laughs> bless you. That's my wonderful wife. She's all the way from Iceland. Amen. God had to give me a wife all the way in Iceland that couldn't even speak English when I met her because I would erect it. Trust me. <laughs> But she is a powerful woman of God. I've seen her transition as a woman, a beautiful lady, but into a woman of God, a woman of faith, a woman that knows the word. You know what? She got filled with the Holy Spirit. She used to wear Bibles out. I think that's why God put Bible on iPhone, just so I could save money buying Bibles. She would literally read them so much they'd fall apart. She's a woman of the word. She's an incredible mother. You know, we have stellar kids because that lady right there held them to the line of the word of God. She said, I don't care what the house does down the street. This is what the Goodman household does. Thus says the Lord. Amen. I think she had our kids so living in the, the holy reverence of the Lord that they were afraid to jack up and screw up. They were afraid to sneak out at night. They heard mama praying, Father, I thank you for commissioning angels around this house. I'm telling you right now. By the way, our son is 27, very good looking, very successful. We are taking applications with an asset sheet, a financial statement, and a background check. So our daughter contacted me about five this morning. She's in Newcastle, England. She's a praise and worship leader in the Hillsong Church there and youth pastor, as well as a fund manager. I mean, the Goodman household, you're going to be busy. We're multitasked lineage i'm i'm equally involved in the business arena globally as i am in ministry always have been i found that god is very diverse god is ready to find somebody that's willing and he'll make them able and capable he'll lead you in a land that will flow with milk and honey but are you willing to go that's always the question isn't it well open your bibles i got some good good stuff for us today at least I believe it was good at 5 a.m. Sheikah Bahaya. I'm, I'm Pentecostal. During praise and worship, I'm about ready to do me a Pentecostal run out across that parking lot. You got to understand something. This is reformed. I am hillbilly, oaky. Yeah, that's right. My, my family knows how to cook up moonshine. I don't know what your family cooks up, but mine can make some mean moonshine. Thank God I don't drink. Right? Don't be afraid of where you come from. Just know where you're going. I am transformed to the likeness and image of my God. Don't be afraid of what God brought you out of. Don't be ashamed of your history. Embrace the promise that will transform you into his likeness and image. That will equip and empower you to bring change into your community and into this earth. Do you hear me? I've been in over 30 something countries. Do you understand my family was so broke, we didn't have enough to pay attention. (laughs) I'm telling you right now. We were so broke that one Thanksgiving, my mama went on a run to Las Vegas. Actually, I think it was Reno. Left us kids at home. She did that. On the way home, we didn't know what we were gonna eat for Thanksgiving. My grandma must have been praying because she, she was turning into California off of a main road behind a turkey truck. God provided. <laughs> My mama got in at about 6.30 in the morning. She woke us up. She says, come out here, Darren. I want to show you something. I'm like, what, mama? Did you bring me a souvenir? She said, I sure did. It's right there. A gobbler in the garage. the garage." He was tied up by his feet. I'm like, holy smoke, mama. The Lord will provide. So I had to call my grandpa and said, I don't know what to do with this turkey mama brought home. You know, I was all of about eight, nine years old. He said, I'll be right over, son. He showed me what you do with the turkey. Some of you, I know that probably disrupts your you know, modern way of thinking, but... Hey, I know where I come from. I'm glad of the fiber that's inside of me because that, that woman of God, my grandma, that little Pentecostal bun-wearing thing taught me how to pray in the Holy Spirit. She taught me how to pray until God moves. Hello. It became popular in the 70s, to you know, all the charismatic renewal. We had a renewal. We didn't even know it was a, that's what it was called. I grew up with a bunch of hillbillies that were spirit-filled from day one back in the 30s due to Azusa Street. Hello? I felt kind of cool when it became popular to talk in tongues. That's why I shut up, papa key, da la la. Right? But I grew up in a little Pentecostal wholeness church where I've seen the power of God fall on people. They begin to shake and run. They didn't know what to do with the power of God. I saw them take off outside the church building on Friday and Saturday nights while you were at the movies. I was watching the merry-go-round called The Church Running. It was like, wow, check that out. One time I saw the power of God hit my uncle, he hit a wood door like over on the side because you had to go out of the church back then. These are old country churches. You had to go out the church to go to the men's bathroom. Power of God hit him. And he's like, show! He hit that door and fell outside the church. That's right. My pastor didn't even stop. He said, glory be to Jesus, and he kept on going. Do you hear me? What am I saying? It's time for you to pack your tent up. We got a Jordan we're going to cross. It may not be pretty, honey, but there's a promise on the other side. I'm possessed by. I don't know about you. I'm about tired of eating desert sand. Hello? I'm about tired of going to a rock Moses smote to get water. I want to get into the living water. I want to get to the land that flows with milk and honey. I want to go to the place where I have a promised territory and a palace that I'm going to exchange my tent for. I don't know about you, but i got some precious promises in my future. And I'm so possessed by what God has in store for America, in store for the promise, in store for the body of Christ. I am not dying today, devil. I've got to live to the glory of my God. I'm sure Pastor Cindy's watching somewhere, and she's thinking, oh, shit, da 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 bap, bap, did, what did I do? <laughs> it's all right, sis. Just hang on. I'm telling you, I'm possessed by the promise of my God. The Goodman household, we're a Monet in motion. God's fabricating things in us like he is you things that are yet to still come, things that are still yet to materialize, things that are still written in a book that says, call those things that be not as though they were. My wife, she married a bull rider. She said, God, I'm gonna take this bull rider and make him a businessman, because she came from businessmen. And God took that businessman and made him a prophet to the nations. What's God making in you? I can tell you right now, it's on the other side of Jordan. The years of preparation has teed you up for such a time as this. Are you hearing me now? Joshua 3, verse 1. Then Joshua rose in the the morning. Joshua 3, verse 1. No slides today. We're going back old school. You better bring a Bible, and it better look like it's got graffiti in it. And they set out from Asia, I believe it is, Acacia. Maybe that's that stuff we eat in our shakes these days. I don't know. Grove. One time I preached, I was like, first time I preached, pastor brought me up made me preach. I preached like 10 years old. I got filled with the zeal. He put me in a pulpit and my first passage was out of possums. That's Psalms. My next verse was over in Job. Half our church needed one. Thought that's fitting. It's true. I didn't learn to read until I was in the fourth grade. Oh, I, I know I'm, I'm building my cloud up in here. <laughs> true story. True story. I used to stutter, stammer, couldn't look you in the eye. Then God transformed me. Now people say, I wish he would shut up. <laughs> All right? But Joshua said this. Verse 1, then Joshua rose early in the morning. And they set out and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. See, there's two kind of camps in the body of Christ. Those that are happy getting to the Jordan because they think that's a resort. They like to camp out there. Excuse me, I just rang you up because I'd like a tauti up by the Jordan River. They're happy. They're happy camping out there. They want to live there because it's very low demand. They had a leader that did everything for them. You know, he talked to God, and what happened? Quail flies over. Then cream of wheat in the morning. Now it would be a smoothie, right? Non-genetically modified. He took care of them. Their tents never wore out. So, everybody that had the roofing, re roofing business went out of business. Their clothes didn't wear out. Everywhere they went, they lived under a promise say, provisional promise because of Moses and his favor with God. God said, I'm taking them out. You're leading them. Then later on, you read over there, and he's like, God, you're leading them, and I'm getting taken out. I want out of this job. Imagine Moses went up on the mount with God, came down glowing, and and literally the tribe ran. The people took off. They couldn't look at the glory of God on him. They had to put a a face mask on him. And right there, WF was, what is it, World Wrestling Federation, it was launched. They put a mask on him. Oh, come on, have fun in church. That stuff's real. No, I'm teasing I'm still trying to convince my father that there is no Bigfoot, but I don't think he's buying it. Look at verse 2. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. Verse 3. And they commended or commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant, and you better circle this, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you, say me, shall set out from your place, say my place, and go after it. Do you see that? See, the church in America is comfortable. The church in America wants just enough of God that we're cool, just enough of God that we find a purpose, just enough of God that I can sell you something so you give me an offering, just enough of God, just enough of God, just enough of God so I feel good at night and I can sleep. But I'm possessed by a different spirit. I'm not good with just living on that side of Jordan. I heard the story of the fruit that came out of the land of promise. I know of some spies that went in and the fruit was so big they put them on poles to carry them out. See, there's some... Promises that are going to materialize in San Diego, Escondido region, because a few believers said, "We're going over the Jordan. We're going beyond this river. God's going to work a miracle my day that I've read in the good book." Do you hear me? First time we got a car, we couldn't afford it. Didn't have the credit for it. When the banker said we'll finance it, I looked at Drop. I said, "We better run out now before he changes his mind." I was one hundred percent serious you got to understand, you know, I grew up, whenever we went and bought a car, it was a used of a used of a used car. We were believing that we might get another couple thousand miles out of the thing. Do you hear me? We've come a long way, haven't we? Yeah. My question is this. Are you ready to pick up your tent stakes and move into a territory that's filled with a precious palace God promised you? Are you? I remember the first home we bought. I didn't have the faith for it. She did. We looked at it. And I'm like, I was doing very well. At that time, I'd risen to VP of a firm. I'm like, we can afford that. She goes, I'm just asking you to look at it. Like, when you look and you have faith, it creates things. We owned it within eight days. <laughs> Verse four, yet there shall be a space between you and it, the ark. About 2,000 cubits, that's about 1,000 yards. Do not come near it, that you may may know the way by which you must go. Watch this. I want you to get this. For you have not passed this way before. Circle that. For you have not passed this way before. I'm going to try to teach this as best as I can before I get raptured. There is a place that God's taken you as a church and as a people. That as my wife said, you unite under the heavenly vision. Everything our leader has put into us has prepared us for such a time as this. Our leadership team ahead of us and everybody that he commissioned has been prepared for such a day as today. So that you would not camp out in the resort of the Jordan, but you would go into possess, possessing of the land of promise. Does that make sense? I don't know about you. Resort living is good, but ownership's better. Does that make sense? Hit your neighbor say, it's better. Hit them one more time. They didn't hear you. It's better. Amen. It is. It's better. Walking can get you there, but riding in a car, it's better. Somebody in here believing for a car, just receive it right now. You can have one. It's better. Public transportation's nice, but ownership's better. Flying in a commercial airplane's good, but ownership's better. Imagine I had to ride a bicycle, learn to ride a bicycle, what training was, and now I'm flying my own airplane. That's a scary thought for some people. What am I telling you? You may not have been aware, but over the last year, years, 10 years, or even more, God has been seating and preparing you for such a day as this. We are getting ready to lift up our tents, roll them up for the last time and cross over a Jordan so we can possess land and take care of a few giants. Oh, that was overwhelming. Try that one more time. Take over some land. There you go. You hear them, Pastor Cindy? They're ready now. Yeah. Verse 5, and Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do a wonderful thing among you. You must understand when leadership says, Get ready. Sanctification. Don't get wrapped up in all of that. Okay, we're not asking you to do all this funky monkey stuff. We're saying prepare your heart for tomorrow. Prepare your heart for the goodness of God. Prepare your heart to receive what God has for you. Does that make sense? I mean, get in line so you can receive. When Drop talked about dissension, I can't tell you how many churches I've been around that have been in division and dissension. Murmuring is more than the miracles. Let me say it one more time. Murmuring is more than miracles. And let me tell you something there are those that never got to enter in because they murmured, they backbit, they gossiped, they got into idolatry. I mean, they got all kinds of funky stuff. And all they had to do was what Joshua encouraged Israel at this moment sanctify yourself. Simpler Minds came out with that. Sanctify yourself. Remember the 80s? Oh, come on, let me take you back. Sanctify! Sanctify yourself. I was one time preaching around some very religious people. And what flew out of my mouth is, when I get to heaven, Ozzy Osbourne is going to be next door to me. They were like, they about manifest. I'm like, oh, I know who's got devils now. They didn't know what to say when they found out he's a confessing Christian. He just didn't get his mouth redeemed. That's all. He's working on it. Come on. Who will God have you believe for? They don't always come out looking like Benny Hinn. Excuse me today, but i got to have a miracle. Thank you for praying me through the body. No. Some of them look pretty bad. Have you seen that guy from corn that's a Christian? It's like, dear Jesus. What are you doing? The Christians with the escapist mentality, oh, we got to get away from sin. Guess what? That's their neighbor. Trust me. Amen? Amen? This is an exciting life when you walk according to the word. Submit to leadership. Plant it in the courts of the Lord. It's amazing what God can accomplish through you. Verse 6, Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and cross over before the people, so that they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Ministers, you that have a five fold ministry or five office ministry, you're called to lead people, not follow. Let me say it one more time. You're called to lead people, not follow. Give them something to follow as a leader. Step up, grow up, and change up so they can follow you into the promise of God. That's a good word. I want that one myself. Amen. So watch this. So what, did, what happened in this quick shift and transition? Joshua is now the leader acting on the instruction of Moses. He had been prepared for such a time as this, him and Caleb. Do I have any Joshuas around? Have you lost your spunk? Have you lost your tenacity? It's time to erect that drive inside of you, that revivalist mentality. Have you checked out our nation lately? They need some God-fearing, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost-filled, mirror-working, devil-casting-out ministers. Hello? It's pretty sad whenever I think about, should I listen to Tony Robbins today instead of? Let me say that one more time. You guys didn't get the first time. Should I listen to Tony Robbins today or what am I saying? It's pretty sad whenever business leaders in the world have a better revelation about the point in time we are in and what we need to do to take territory than the church. I got a revelation the other day about salt when Jesus said, what is it good for if it's lost its flavor but to be thrown out under the foot of men? You tell me where the church is today. Come, let me preach in here. I'm working on a message. I'll just, give you the, I'll just give you the up. Here it is. You cannot present an offering under the Levitical law, under the law in the tabernacle, unless you put salt on top of it. Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. He was simply saying to all those that were in the know, you are offering offerings without the salt because there is a passage that says, the salt is the covenant of your God. They were trying to offer things outside of God's covenant. Hello. You walk in the covenant, and Joshua is telling them right now, you follow the ark. Inside the ark was the covenant of our God, it was the budding rod of Aaron. These were things that were of great value, and they were to carry them forward. Now, that's a foreshadow of what you receive through Jesus Christ. He is your ark. Wherever he moves, you're moving. Amen. Hit your neighbor and say, Get rid of the tent. Next, his first declaration is when you see the Ark of the Covenant. Every great leader says, Look to God. Whatever we're going through, look to God. I don't know about you, I've been in ministry over 30 years now. I've lost some good friends along the way. And what have I done? We got to look to God. We got to keep following God. We got to take what was imparted into us and seed it into the next generation so that it lives beyond all of us. Next, he said to them, You've not been this way before. And I say that to you. You've not been this way before. Now is the time to spend. In the presence of God, hearing clearly from God into you via Holy Spirit, through the mouth of also leadership, he speaks through men as well and women. This is how God does it. So that you don't miss it. Your day of crossing over is at hand. And God wants you to have a fresh faith to step forward. Does that make sense? So this is what he's Preparing the people for. Then he says this. God is going to do amazing things among you. Now watch verse 7. You guys with me? We'll hold that. I was going to have them play Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it, but we'll hold that for later. <laughs> the guy's the self was like, this dude's nuts. <laughs> Can you imagine this being on Moonshine? Holy smoke. My family come from Missouri. They know how to hunt, fish, trap skunks, run coons with dogs. Oh yeah, I got some history. We know how to fix cars, tractors, now airplanes. I brought them out of the woods. Now we play golf instead of You know, chasing critters around the woods at night with dogs, trying to move them uptown. They're refusing just a bit. But let me tell you something. My grandfather imparted into me what God was when I was hunting and fishing with him. He was a Baptist man. He didn't talk in tongues, but he had been healed by God in his bedroom. He went to a faith healer one time. He had broken his neck in a car accident. They took him down to the tent in an ambulance. The man of God, uh, we're trying to determine who it is. We don't know if it was, um, what's the name, uh, Cole, or if it was Oral Roberts, but he was up in the valley at the time. And he walked by his, his bed that he was on and he slapped my grandpa on the stomach. My grandpa looked like John Wayne or Dr. Summerall, Lester Summerall. He walked sideways like this. If he came at you with his hat tilted, walking sideways, he meant business, okay? He was about this tall, and um, he was my father. He stepped in when my dad jumped out, and that man told me, when they took me back to the house, he lived in a little cottage, he said, something inside of me said, John, get up and walk, for I've healed you. They went to push him in. He said, gentlemen, stop right here. I'm walking today. He said, the next thing I know, I stood up and walked into the house, and I've been walking ever since. Been to San Francisco to the specialist. They couldn't fix him. Do you hear me? He told me of an encounter one time. He said, I was sitting in bed, needing to be healed again. And he said, all of a sudden, in the edge of my bedroom, and my grandmother's name was Mabel. He called her Mabel. He said, Mabel was sitting there asleep. I didn't want to wake her, and all of a sudden, the the wall opened up, and I seen angels ascending and descending in and out of my bedroom, and he says, there's about that time my fever broke, and he said, I knew that what they were teaching me down at the Baptist church was a lie, because God's bigger than the God that they talk about. I'm like, get it on, Grandpa. He did live long enough to see me preach in a Baptist church. I think it was still long enough. Alive to see me get kicked out of the denomination because I talked in (laughs) tugs. Praise the Lord. First miracle I had was in a Baptist church. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua. Who said to Joshua? Say that one more time. The The Lord said to Joshua. See, your leaders can have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Many times we assume we hear better than they do. Sometimes that's just hidden pride. What we need to be saying is, Father, I thank you. You can speak to Pastor Cindy. I thank you can speak to Pastor and, and call their name out in prayer. God's not asking you to agree with every little tittle. He's asking you to be in agreement and alignment with what he wants to do through your leadership and with you. Does that make sense? It's easier to bless than to curse. As pastors, we planted several churches. And one day I just got tired of, you know, rebuking people. Every time I want to leave church, I just freaking level them. Can you imagine coming to somebody like me? I'm gonna leave. Oh no, you're not. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> I'm thinking, where's that? Well, it's in there. Just just read all those 66. It's gotta be in there. <laughs> and I told Drop, nope, I'm different. God's got worked in me. I'm done with that. So here's what we're doing. When people need to leave, I'll look at them and say, great, let me bless you. Let me send you where you'll fit better. Let me commission you to have greater success than you could have had here. That's different, isn't it? I chose that I'm going to walk as a man of blessing so that I sow blessing, I reap blessing. I sow favor, I reap favor. I'm going to be a man of the covenant regardless of what numbskulls are around me. Hear me? Come on now. Don't make me go hillbilly up in here. We'll have some freaking taters and fried chicken. Let me at you. Don't want me to show up every Friday. We'll have dumplings up in here. You ever had chicken and dumplings? Come on, baby. Some iced tea? Some of you, you're so dignified. Like, eh, I could give you that. Well, great. I'll just take you to lunch with some of my friends. They own U.S. Bank. Is that big enough for you? Come on now. What trip's your trigger? Do you need to eat like? You know, escargot at 35,000 feet in the Gulf Stream? I could probably arrange that. What am I saying? We're all God's people. Wherever we're at, whatever we're assigned to, we are of one tribe redeemed by Jesus Christ. We are children of God. Whatever our task, whatever we're assigned to, I don't care whether, if you're flipping burgers down here at McDonald's, let me know and I'm coming, Okay? or if you're a high-level banker, we have all of them watching in our stream every week. I sit with private bankers and they say, you know, three months ago you talked about this, Darren. I'm like, oh yeah, what does that mean? Let me tell you. I obviously look different when I walk into their office. Conduct myself different, why? Because there's a different demand placed on me. Can some of you get that? You may be one way with certain groups of people to reach them and seed into them, and you got to shift when you're around another group. So That's not being two-faced. No, that's saying reveal the diamond you are because in the light it has all different colors of brilliance coming out of it. I'm called to shine wherever I go. I get private bankers saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and I also get farmers saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. I get drunk sli- drug slingers saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. He asked my wife, she, this is the most exciting life she could have ever had. <laughs> We've prayed for homeless people. We've helped homeless people. We bought homeless people groceries. We've done everything and every element of the gospel you can imagine. The reason being we're possessed by the promise. Hit your neighbor say, get possessed by the promise. Now let me get teaching you something here. Verse 7, and the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You better tattoo that on the inside of your eyelids. Pastor Cindy, if she's creeping in and sneaking in, you need to hear this, Cindy. God is getting ready to exalt you and elevate you and lift you. God's getting ready to give you that double portion outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, with fire. God's getting ready to use you to do some miraculous miracles and topple over some kingdoms in this region. Preparation. School is out. Now is the time to possess the land. Amen? Do you hear me? Hey, hey! if all the other big churches, they're doing their allotment, what they're assigned to do, let us get focused on what we're called to do, what we're called to bring. Amen? One time I said to a pastor, pastors get territorial. I looked at him, I said, do you like pizza? He goes, you know, he's a pretty good-sized guy. Well, he looks like I do. I'm like, I bet you do, hoss. Anyway, I said to him, I said, even a pizza has different toppings. He's like, yep. And I go, and it's sliced all up. Yep. I said, all I want, Pastor, is the slice I'm accounted to, the one I'm assigned to, the one I'm called to help and edify. That's it. You can have the rest of it. I don't want it. He's like, oh, oh, oh. That took that territorial devil and crushed it right there. We became friends. Do you hear me? You're not here to fight with Christians. You're here to kick the butt out of Satan. Hello? You're here to annihilate his kingdom. You're here to push him back and take back what's ours. You're here to take him part the freaking Jordan River. That's what you're called to do. I'm serious. Man, I could preach TD right now, right here. Trust me. Watch this. Now we must sure up the heavenly vision for our future. It's a time where you grab the vision that God spoke to Apostle Henry and descending to their family and to you as the church family. It's time you grab that vision and say, God, you make this resonate deep within me so that I won't miss it. So I see it vividly clear. HD level so that I can walk in it for your glory. Do you understand? The vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarry, though it though it is like on pause mode, that's all right. Be faithful because it will surely come to pass and it will not disappoint. Read the good book. Amen? I planted some churches in some tough territory. I like it. put that verse on my Bible and put it on my head at night just so I could keep faith. Sometimes it's hard to lead people forward to something better. They like dysfunction. They like turning on Oprah and, and what's her name, Dr. Phil. That feeds their ungodly faith. Oh, yeah, I'm screwed up. I'm getting more screwed up. I need another counselor in my life. Give me 10 more devils. I need Prozac, G-Jack, and anything else doctor give me. It's like, true story. I'm like, what you need is to understand Jesus loves you. What you need to know is he's the great healer. What you need to know is to understand is the commission. Find yourself in the commission. Trust me. Well, I just couldn't get over that. Oh, really? Cry me a river. If you heard my history, I mean, come on, you look at the word abuse, you probably see my name right underneath it. True story. It's like you can live in your past abuse or you can live in your freedom and your healthy, well-self today. It's your choice. You determine your outcome. I'm starting to understand the covenant of God. It's available, but you determine your destination, honey. I said a long time ago to drop, hey, I'm crazy up in here. I'm getting it tight and right according to the word, and I'm going to walk in transformation. I'm not going to replicate what my family used to be, all the dysfunction, all the chaos. These people are so chaotic they create it just so they have something to talk about. Like three shades crazy. Like I'm not living that way. God gave me a woman of peace, a woman of the word. God gave me a woman that understood how things are to function as a family, how to be parents to love their kids, how to edify your kids so they become overachievers. Do you hear me? She married down, I married way up. I was like George Jefferson, move it on up. Do the top. That's right. I know some stuff. I grew up watching Fred Sanford and Oman. This is junk, y'all. This junk stuff up here. Hey, man, there's value in that junk. It's a true story. Some of you were in the nice, you know, ivory, speckled high-rises. I was down amongst the living making our way through it. (laughs) Do you hear me? I I grew up in one of the most gang-infested little towns in my region. Now it's known up in that area for running machine guns. In the, in the different gangs, and meth, one of the meth capitals of the world. Back then, it was filled with a lot of Latinos, um, Hispanics, Mexicans. We called them vatos. Yeah, that's what they called themselves. And me being a cowboy, it's not conducive to live in the land of the Chicanos, <laughs> the vatos, do you hear me? Some of you go like, well, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm telling you, I lived amongst a gang. Do you hear me? That was different than me. I showed up to school in my cowboy boots, they showed up sliding like this in a lowrider. They used to chase me with switchblades to school every day. And another person was a name by the name of Darren Taft, my best friend. You know his uncle, Russ Taft, the gospel singer. We grew up in the same little farm town running from the Chicanos, trying to get to school, the safe zone. It was Circle K safe zone. If we could make the green light, we could get to the school without getting stabbed. Him and I became very fast at running. Years later, we didn't understand the blessing until we got to high school. I could steal second base like nobody's business as a baseball player. I led our league in stolen bases. Imagine that. One time they asked me, why do you run so fast? Because I'm afraid of getting stabbed. That's Why? It's like holy smoke. Then I became a preacher. It's like my wife said, "Well, I don't know what's wrong with my husband." I said, "I do. I got a hold of the fire of God, and I got to get it off of me." I learned to prophesy in our bedroom in my fruit of the looms. Spirit of God, come up on me. I said, yeah, just like you see here. She had a great view. You're lucky you had a dignified leader like. Dr. Walmers, I learned to prophesy in my bedroom. I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was literally going crazy. So I said to her, would you just write down what I say? So when I come back down to planet earth, we'll review it. If I'm crazy, find me a doctor. I didn't know that a year and two years later, our pastor would ask us to go with them in those same regions in Canada, same cities that I didn't know anything about. And they were holding revivals. And they asked us to go with them. I went, honey, where's the prayer journal? You hear me? You're not losing your mind. God's trying to transform your mind. He's trying to bring you into a greater covenant. Amen. Let me get cracking here. Watch this. The known is always better, more secure, more reasonable than the unseen promise. Can you put that in your notes? What they're faced with was Jordan... We're, faced, we're up against Jordan. We've been brought to this place. It's not so bad. We've learned for 40 years how to live in tents, how to survive and thrive in the desert. Not all of them wanted to cross over. They had become content. Let me say this, complacent in following leadership. Let's not be that. Let's rekindle the gift of God within us. Let's rekindle our faith again. Let's get the vision before our eyes so it can speak and direct us forward. Does that make sense? Look at what this put this in your notes. There's two ways to navigate. As pilots, we do this. You can look back or you can look forward. When I look at GPS, it has a line from where I've been and where I'm going. If I turn that GPS upside down on my iPad, guess what? It has showed me where I've been. Too many people have their GPS backwards. They're so concerned about what makes them who they are, what road they've come down, all their dysfunctions, all the types and levels of healings they need. I mean, come on. Is Christ not enough? Is Christ not enough? At some point in time, we got to say, I am the redeemed of the Lord, and I'm going to start saying so. And the more I start getting my GPS in line forward, watch this. My heart won't be crystallized like Lot's wife, that look back at Sodom and Gomorrah. As I look forward, I'll get like Joshua and Caleb type belief factor, and all of a sudden the Jordan isn't big enough to keep me out of my promise. Does that make sense to you? I hope so. Watch this. Jesus said it like this in Luke nine twenty three: If anyone come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Notice it's red letters. The requirement is denial of self. How do you do that? Commit to a bigger vision than you. Oh, I'm going to say it one more time. Commit to a bigger vision than you. But what about me? We just watched What About Bob this last week with my son. But what about, but what, but, 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 but. What about you? I found this. As I start submitting to a bigger vision, a bigger mandate, I find my role, I find my place as I'm walking with the body of Christ. The Bible says your gift will make room for itself. Too many of you are so concerned about yourself, your gift can't perform, it can't function, it can't push back the walls to make a place for you. Ouch. Moving on, you need to hear some more of that. Take up our cross daily, Jesus said requires me to cast off complacency. Many of us, we came into the kingdom. We're, we're redeemed. We're saved. We've been to Bible school. We got all the badges. We know all the stuff. We can say it in Greek and Hebrew and Chinese. You know what? The Bible says what it says in the English just as it does in the Chinese. Found that out. So you may need to go deeper. You may want to go deeper. But guess what? Live the word you can read and understand. Let's tell me it's my rapture time. Next, Jesus said, follow me, demands us to get up and move. The church today is sit down and root in. No, the church of today is getting up and moving out. It's called expansion, transition, possession. Our country's in the state that it's in because the church went dormant years ago. They stopped preaching out of the pulpits what sin was. Stopped preaching about what we're called to do and who we're called to be in the community. I'm glad my pastor just says it like it is. And we got a big church in Orange County up there. And the more he says it straight up, the bigger it gets. Do you hear me? Joshua 3.15. Now the Jordan is at the flood stage. Notice God's always asking you to transition at the worst season. Ever figure that out? He's asking you to do something. You're like, oh, my. It couldn't come at a worse time than this. Well, God's clock's different than yours. We're learning that right now. Watch. Now, the Jordan is at flood stage uh, during (laughs) harvest. Somebody got it. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, boom, don't be a leader that's good with just putting your toes in the edge of the water. Many leaders are okay with getting to the edge of the promise, getting to the edge of breakthrough, getting to the edge of revival, but they're timid and afraid to step in. I learned a long time ago, if you want to walk in miracles, you're going to have to step in. If you're going to walk in signs and wonders, you're going to have to know who you are in the the body of Christ, what you're called and commissioned to do, and you're going to have to step in. My son at 10 years old in Sacramento stepped forward one time. We were in a conference. I was preaching. I saw him over there talking to his mom. I knew what that meant. He saw a lady on the other side of the church It was in a wheelchair. I'm like, son, if dad's going to destroy the ministry, let me do it, please. He then all of a sudden grabs two ushers of mine and walks over there and tells that lady, you're getting up and walking today or tonight. She's like, okay, honey, it's okay, go sit down. My son's a man of faith. He knows who he is in Christ. He said, woman, God said, you're walking tonight. You're walking. It's okay, I'm sorry. Ushers lift her out of that wheelchair. My son's 10 years old. You ask his mom right there. Our ushers lifted her up. She couldn't put any weight on her feet. My son jumps down on the floor and starts moving her feet. He says, I said, walk. I'm listening to this. I'm like, I'm trying to preach a really nice message. You're screwing it up. (laughs) Whose son is that? He's moving her feet. See, some of you only hear and have faith for the revivals that used to be. I believe you can live in one right now every day of your life. If you know who you are in Christ. He starts moving them. All of a sudden, she took off running. She'd been in that wheelchair seven years. She had a nerve severed in a a surgery that left her paralyzed from the waist down. The lady took off running. She's an evangelist today on the East Coast. She's still running. All of a sudden, I saw that, and I went, that's my son. That's my boy. He belongs to us. taught him everything he knows. Anyways. Yes, the children, go ahead and get them. Yeah, yeah. I, I told Lindsay that. I said, I'm going to blow the time I know it. But can I do five more minutes and we'll be done. Go get your kids. Bring them in here if you need to, and then we'll be done. Watch this. Verse 16, the water from the upstream, and this is what I need to get to you, stop flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at the town called and circled this Adam in the, in the vicinity of Zarethan while the waters flowing down to the Dead Sea were completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite of Jordan. Notice the town of Adam. Notice the covenant that was broken and what happened with Adam. Isn't it amazing that now we're having our progress impeded because of... A town called Adam. And what I want to present to you is this next generation understood the fallen Adam. Understood for them to cross over Jordan. Something had to happen at Adam. But we're a generation that's come through the second Adam. Where all things are possible if you believe. You're more than your giant. You're bigger than the battle. Nothing can stop you. Do you hear me? So my question is, are you ready to cross Jordan? Are you ready to stop murmuring? Are you ready to stop having an opinion? You know, sometimes we have an opinion about everything. Opinions aren't always bad. Sometimes they stink. We've got to determine which one's which. But are we ready to say, Father... We're trusting you. We're trusting you planted us in this local church for a purpose and a reason to reach this community. Infuse the vision in me afresh so that we can live by it and do it so that you'll be glorified in the earth. Can you do that? Lift your hands right now. I'm done. Father, thank you for today. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Let this be the appointed time of the vision. Let this be the time that, Lord, we walk over Jordan and we possess the land. Lord, let us have the faith that says yes. Yes, we can do it. We're greater than our opposition. We're bigger than our battles. See, God's calling you to possess a territory I understand the immense loss. I've been through that so many times I I would hate to even tell you. But I know this. There's a faith that raises up. There's a gift of Holy Ghost inside of you that's bigger and greater than your past. Bigger and greater than your grief. Bigger and greater than what you've experienced. And if you can just believe God A little longer A little further You will be given the desires of your heart The desires of your heart The desires of your heart You're an anointed woman of God Your ears are going to start hearing sounds out of heaven Lyric That you're commissioned to write down As you walk with God He's going to give you these sounds and this lyric, new songs of praise, high praise. My daughter was at my house last month. She's a songwriter, prolific. She writes songs like I get messages to preach. Before she left, before we took the airport, I had to suddenly stop and say, God's going to unlock praise songs now inside of you. See, God uses her in secular circles to take light out there. Crazy stuff. But watch. As you go, and as you go with God, He will give you the desire of your heart, but more importantly, He's going to give you lyrics and sounds and song of praise. Just flow with it. Just flow with. So uh, she called me uh, after she got there. She flew back to England, and she's like, Mom and Dad, you don't believe this. In The last two days, I think I wrote, what you she say, two praise songs? See? Sometimes we just need to allow the anointing to unlock us and release us. Does that make sense? Lift your hands. I'm going to minister. You can bring the kids in. Uh, hopefully Pastor Cindy don't get mad. I'm operating on um, Fijian time.
1: Hold on a second. If you have children, please go get your children now so we can relieve the children's workers and you can continue ministering. But if you have children, please go get them and then you can come back and receive, okay? Thank you.
0: Amen. Praise God. Sorry about that. Praise God. You know, I preached in France one time in a conference. First night, it was four hours. I stopped in 45 minutes and they said, don't stop now, you'll create a riot. Because it was all based on bus schedule. So my message restarted four times that night. I had soaked through like three suits that night. I'm like, pastor. But I had two miracles. A man that came there all the way from the Caribbean, he was a judge, a magistrate. I had a word of knowledge that somebody's being healed in their right ear. And the next one was somebody's getting healed in their left ear. Who are you? And it was packed. It was a, um, they were all immigrants from Africa, and this church is huge. And, and two people jumped up, and I said, come forward. They ran forward. This one from this side said, Yeah, I got healed in this year. And this one on that side of the church said, I got healed in this year. My like, God, you got a sense of humor. That revival went every night. I was supposed to be there like four nights, five nights. I called her up and said, I won't come back. It's going to go through next week. She's like, Would you just get home? I'm like, Yeah. That revival continued on. They planted five churches. Denomination kicked them out because this white guy from California came to preach for them. It's a true story. I got beat up in the airport back in those days. It was rough as a preacher. Yeah, French police beat me up in the airport. I'm like, is that all you got? I've been kicked harder by bulls, man. <laughs> Come here, young man. God's got something for you. Give me an usher. Lift your hands. I- I'm telling you right now, you are of the Joshua and Caleb spirit. You are a revivalist in the making. I don't know if you've been to Bible school, but I'm telling you, that is essential for your destiny because you're going to be a miracle-working, devil-chasing, casting out, fiery preacher of God. You're going to be a voice in your generation. So don't try to fit in. You guys are all peculiar. Just get the Word. Just. Just get the word because you're going to walk out and the fire of God is going to follow you. The Holy Ghost is going to be so on you as a preacher that you're going to have revivals all over this region. All over this region. I see you as a man of grace. You'll be able to walk in the lines of the territories of different gangs. I've done this. That's why I know it. Of different gangs and they don't know why they like you. They just like you. Imagine, I used to go to a place where I ministered to the Crips, the Bloods, the Norteños, the Bulldogs, and the Aryan Brotherhood. All of them called me their priest. I got them saved in the bathroom. When I'd say, you need to meet us over here, we're going to have a, a chat. In the, in the bathroom, they, all, they came out of prison. They knew what that meant. So I had a chair hidden in the stall. So I had this big old guy that was Aryan, looked like Aryan Brotherhood. He's about this, this tall. I called him Kojak. He would go and summons them to come in there. Their gang said, like, you're going to have to go in there. So they show up. I'd be in the stall. I would open the stall, and I'd whip out my chair, and there's one there. I said, sit down. I got a message for you. They'd sit down, and I'd share Jesus Christ with them. They'd get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit over and over and over. And you know what I'd say to them? Now you can't tell anybody what we're doing in here. <laughs> you got it. I was covert. <laughs> I got so many of them saved in there. They'd come to our church and all the normal people would sit to the other side. <laughs> it's true story, I'm still ministering to you. I'm, I'm different than others. Serious. All the, all, the, all the nice squeaky people write the big checks, they think. Anyways, move over there. And then they would say, now that's pastor's wife. That's the pastor's old lady and they, that's with respect in those circles. And that's his daughter. You boys don't touch them. I've had bikers from the Hell's Angels. I sent him a Bible, the head of the Hell's Angels. You should have seen the colorful letter he sent me. It was like, dear pastor, bleep, 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 bleep. Thank you for the Bible. (laughs) True story. I got seed in the ground in the San Joaquin Valley. Oh yeah. You hear me? Nobody messed with us up there. I can go into any territory. I smile. And I'm me. They love my bull riding stories. I look them right in the eye and say, God's got a plan for you. I lay my hands on him and the power of God drops them. I saw a 300-pound biker one day. He's like, that ain't real. We were doing television. He's like, your pastor's trans. They're like, shut up. He's on TV. Right? Because I was all up out. <laughs> Our ministry's in 80-some countries through television. 20 million people every Sunday watching it. True story. And I said, you think this is not real? Come on up here, big, what do they call him, big hog? He stepped up. I went like this. I was about here. I hear power God hit him, folded him. He went down laughing and crying, got filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> See, when you want revival, it's not on your timetable. Number one thing I learned, when you want revival, it's not the clean showing up. It's not the high-level bankers showing up and the accountants and the CPAs and the attorneys and, and all the... No, you're going to get whoever God sends to you to be saved. Yeah. And we would just release them into their destiny. You'll walk through these territorial lines and you're owned by nobody but the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God on you will be the calling card. When you show up, they'll see the glory of God. And when you share with them through the love of God, you'll speak right into their heart. And you'll lead them into the kingdom. When you do that, these men don't bow. They don't play. And they are loyal 100%. They still call me their priest when they see me. And I just look at them and say, all I am is a preacher. That's it. That's in you, man. You're a revivalist. You're a revivalist. You'll function in the gift of healing, working in miracles. Be you blessed you take some more of that? Lady, come here. I don't mean to be disrespectful. i got to hurry. Come here quick. Here's another Holy Ghost woman of God. Give me an usher. Hold on. Stop right there. People want to run to me. I know you want to hug me. It's all right. We'll do like the Orange County hug. I never understood that. I just minister the way God has me. I'm telling you, you're a Holy Ghost woman. And God says, I put you and planted you in this house because you're being fabricated and built and equipped for your future, things that are getting ready to be released to you. Remain faithful. But your greatest weapon is your prayer time. Your prayer time needs to crank up. It's prayer in Holy Ghost. Prayer and Holy Ghost, and then He gives you the understanding. Does that make sense? Lindsay's a phenomenal prayer person. I, I, That lady can pray. But you're here for that reason. You're a Holy Ghost woman. And get ready because God's getting ready to release you into some things. And there's some family that need to receive Jesus. And the love of God on you. And more importantly, the straightness of your testimony is going to bring them right into his kingdom. Yeah. So don't get mamby-pamby. Don't try to fit in. You're not trying to be a pretty girl in the faith. You're trying to be an effective woman of God. Lift God, lift your hands. Come here, come here. You get here right now. You're another powerful machine. You just don't know it yet. A little bit of alignment. Let me say this to you. You know when you hit a speed bump hard and it knocks the car and it shakes and everything? It don't need a new engine. It just needs an alignment. It's not a big deal, right? Too many Christians hit a speed bump and they're wrecked for life. It's like, no, you just need an adjustment. The word of justice. Justice. I've never met a pastor that knew everything and that always had everything running perfect and on a straight line. Kingdom of God says it's upward winding. Enjoy the journey. It's an adventure. Eat the word of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Spend time in praise, not just worship, but praise. And in doing it, you'll be transformed and you'll be what God said and he promised you. There it is. There's an anointing on you. (sighs) See, transformation is great, but trying to fit in by trend is not God. You need to know that. I don't know what I'm saying. Transformation is great. That's of the kingdom. Trying to fit in by trend, that's just man thing. Know who you are in Christ. Follow the word. Submit to leadership. They will help develop and train you, and you'll be fit for your future. That's a good word. That's a great word. Thank you. Good word. Amen. Just a little bit more. Come here, Diana.
1: Okay, so I just want to dismiss you if you need to go. I don't want you to feel awkward if you have to leave, so please feel free if you need to leave. We're just gonna go a couple more minutes. I'm getting I'm getting uh, chastised a little bit, okay, my brother? So no. No,
0: you, you can-